Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Amen, amen. Hey, y'all, thank y'all so much. Y'all, we are so blessed with our our worship ministry team, this praise uh, team up here. Thank y'all so much for leading us today. What a blessing, man. What a blessing. Awesome. Y'all, I'm so glad we're together today. Uh, you know, um, I started last week this sermon series called Homework, and uh, that's what we're going to do for the month of, of May. We're going to stay with home and family kind of stuff. Uh, last week, we talked about the building blocks and kind of how to get the thing started. Today, obviously, Mother's Day, we're going to be focused uh, a little bit more on uh, the ladies and moms and things like that. And then next week, it's not Father's Day, but we're going to focus on the dads. And so um, uh, that's uh, going to be an important time. Then after that, the next week, we're going to talk about how to uh, bring in your kids to Christ. And then, Lord willing, we make it to the end of the month, we're going to talk about the media monster and the impact of media on our lives and kids and all that kind of stuff. That's what we're doing on Sunday mornings. Wednesday night, we started this past Wednesday night with a, uh, we're, on Wednesday night we're focused more uh, strategically and, and uh, clearly and concisely on marriage on Wednesday nights, whereas Sunday mornings are more, a little broader with home and family. But Wednesday nights, are, we're focused on marriage matters is what we're talking about on Wednesday nights. I started this past Wednesday night. Oh, we had unbelievable unbelievable refresh this past Wednesday night 6 30 on Wednesday nights over in the sanctuary our midweek service and uh, man we had like 111 115 people there Wednesday night which is crazy it's just a awesome group thank y'all for those of you that came and if you didn't come please come it's it's going to be, uh, be an awesome time over the course of the month of of May um, this Wednesday night uh, Dr. Jeff Parker who's the pastor at Southside Baptist Church good friend of mine one of my mentors has preached here. Uh, he preached. He's preached for me in revival last week. He, he preached when Joe Cole was here. He preached when Ricky Blythe was here. So he's uh, he's got a connection to First Baptist Florida. Great guy. Loves the Lord and, and got a real heart for marriage and couples. His wife Sheila is going to be with him. Then I'll be back the next week and we'll uh, keep on going thinking about the what marriage is and what marriage isn't. And the last Wednesday of the month, Dr. Ron Mumbauer, who's uh, the uh, member of our church, he and Kathy are. Uh, they usually come here to uh, the uh, refuge service and uh, out of town today, but um, he's going to—he's the retired counseling pastor from First Baptist Jackson, and he's going to be speaking that last Wednesday. It's been—it's just going to be a great month. I'm so—I'm uh, so excited about the way it started, and we'll keep pressing on. And I—and I, I said this Wednesday night, and I'll say it again this morning that I understand sometimes, even today, you start talking about home and family stuff, and you start talking about marriage stuff. That can get kind of uh, can get kind of next to us because not everybody's got this perfect, you know, storybook fairy tale kind of marriage or this perfect wonderful home with mom and dad and kids and a puppy dog and a SUV. You know, I mean, it's, it's some, sometimes it gets real messy for a lot of people. And so, but but like I said, Wednesday night we're going to keep pressing on because y'all, if there's anywhere we need to turn is here in the midst of the world in which we're living where Satan, our enemy, is targeting homes and families and marriages like I have never seen in 40 years of ministry. And you know that's the truth. And we've all experienced it. And we've all experienced the struggles. And so that's why we're going to keep pressing on and, and just encourage you to keep coming. Even if it's like, man, I don't want... 
you know, my marriage fell apart, so why would I want to come and t talk about marriage? Well, come, let's hear what the Word of God has to say and, and find some ways to put your life back. All that kind of stuff, it's just so important. So I hope you'll stay with us. Uh, I, I really do. Um, so anyway, that's what we're doing in the month of May. I hope you'll hang in there with us all the way through. It's going to be good. You know, moms have some uh, funny, sometimes interesting interactions with their kids, uh, no matter what age their kids are, whether they're still diapers and ankle biters or whether they're up in a little bit in, in the grade school or, what, or even out of the... But, you know, there's some interesting interactions and uh, conversations you can have with your kids. I know we could talk about that all around the room. I got a text message from, uh, from a... Uh, how, old, how old is she? Yeah. She's six. So I, got a, I got a text message from Mary Michael uh, yesterday. Uh, just out of nowhere. So I appreciate that. She was staying in touch with her pastor. And uh, so, um, but uh, I think she had mom or daddy's phone and that happened. But anyway, uh, it was so cute. And but so you have all these crazy, uh, these, uh, these interactions here. I read about some that uh, maybe, maybe you'll find interesting. There was, there was a mom of three bad kids. She was asked whether or not she'd have children if she had to do it all over again. And she said, oh yeah, just not the same ones. I wouldn't have the same ones. <laughs> And so then there was this pastor, his name was Bill, and he got called to his first church. His wife found out they were going to have their third child. And uh, so several weeks later, she's going through her clothes, going through her closet, trying to find ones that fit and getting rid of the ones that don't. Her five-year-old son was standing there watching and said, Mom, now that you're going to have a baby, are you going to have to wear eternity clothes? And so, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's how you feel sometimes. So anyway, there was this little boy who was attending his first wedding and after it was over his mother asked him said son do you know do you know how many women a man is allowed to marry and he said yep 16 and she said what and she said you didn't listen to the preacher four better four worse four richer four poor so he, he added it up and came 16 <laughs> I just got one more hang on so uh so this her mom was putting she was putting her four-year-old son to bed the night before his fifth birthday so it was birthday eve so she she said son this is the last night of your fourth year do you understand that so he held up four fingers because that's you know little kids hey how old are you and they hold it so he held up four fingers just as he had done all year long and so his mom nodded and said, that's right. So when you go to sleep tonight, you'll still be four years old. But do you know what you'll be when you wake up in the morning? And he looked up and added his thumb. And he said, tomorrow I will be a handful. So anyway, uh, so maybe y'all can identify with that. You feel like it's, you, your mom's got your hands full. And that's, that's the truth. And so today, we celebrate you. This is your day. Whether you call her mom or mama, like I call mine, or mother. My daddy called his mother, mother, very formal, but uh, that was a whole other thing. But whatever you call her, man, this is, this is your day, and we celebrate you today. Um, you know, the Bible has so many good teachings for all of us. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're mom or dad or son, daughter, all of us, whatever. With the Word of God, that's obviously that's why I stand up here every Sunday and use it and talk about it and teach it because it's it's relevant to our lives um and you know some of you are here today and you do have maybe not that fairy tale story book but you've got that the, you've got that strong nuclear family of a mom and a dad that are still in the home and your kids and and you've got that picture and there's a lot of you that do and that's that's good um there's also uh single moms who are here today that are they're doing it by yourself and, and uh, raising the kids alone, doing that job alone for a, a large part of your time. 
There's some of you here today some, uh, the, who, who will one day be a mom. And uh, you, you will one day that, that, that will happen. You know, there's some new moms who are here today that are wondering if they will ever get a, another whole night's sleep. And, uh, and the spoiler alert, you won't. I mean, you won't. I, I don't know many moms that, that sleep a whole lot. I mean, I don't know. I don't think my mama ever slept. Every time I'd go into a room and had a bad dream or something, when I was a little kid, she was wide awake. And I, it was just like, Mama, do you ever sleep? And uh, so uh, it just, you know, you're wondering that you're in that stage right now. There's some of you moms that are chasing your kids all over the country for tournaments and pageants and and uh, competitions and beach trips and this and that you're just in that stage of going and going and going uh, there are some moms whose your kids are grown and out of the house and they keep coming back but you know they're they're still uh, they're still out of the house and and uh, uh, you know uh, some of your there are moms here who are estranged from their kids and some of you are estranged from your mother you, you just it's it's something that you have to deal with um, we also recognize there, there are some of you here today that cannot have children. And you will struggle today, and you're struggling even now. And I don't, I don't understand that from my perspective. I do understand it from my daughter's perspective when she was going through a time of really struggling with that. And so I know that this can be a hard day for you. There's some of you that have lost children uh, through an accident or disease or sickness or miscarriage. Or abortion and this is a difficult day uh, for you a lot of you don't have your mama with you anymore and this is a hard day you think about her and you you know you you're thankful for her, but you know you get a little even now maybe you got a little tear or a little lump in the throat it's just and so I'm not trying to pluck on your heartstrings today and get you all emotional I'm just saying I just want you to understand ladies I want you to understand every Female in this room, whatever your age, I want you to understand that you are loved by God. And you are loved by this church. Wherever you, whatever stage, what, mom, not a mom, young, whatever, you are loved by God. And I would like right now to pray for every girl and woman in this room right now. So would you stand, please? Every female in the room, would you stand, please? And I want to pray for you right now as we... Um, as we enter into this sermon today, I want to just lift you up to the Lord. God, I pray for these who are standing right now. Lord, um, God, you know the uh, condition of their life, the condition of their heart. Those that are uh, uh, in joyful, wonderful relationships with kids as a mom and things like that. And it's, today is a blessing for them, and, and it, it, just, it just is a wonderful day. But then, God, there's those who are standing right now. This is a hard day. They even thought about this morning, I don't even know if I want to go to church today. And, Lord, I, I, I pray for them. Lift them up to you. God, just Holy Spirit, you're the comforter. You're the one who brings peace and strength and guidance. So, God, would you just come near to them today and let them know that you love them, you care about them. God, those that today are, are, are they want to have a child so bad, and yet God it has not happened. And, and Lord, they, it, this is a tough day for them. And so... Lift them up to you, God. And for those that are missing their mama today, Lord, uh, God, uh, th that, that pain's still there. Maybe it's been a long time, and so the pain is not quite as acute as it used to be, but it's still there, Lord. And, and I'll lift them up and pray for comfort and peace. And, Lord, just these that are standing, God, they are blessed in your sight. You love them. 
You love them unconditionally. You love them eternally. And you love them uh, with an everlasting love. So bless every one of them today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. And while you're getting to your seats there, would you grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 is where we're going to focus our attention. If you've got your Bible, I hope you do. And you can uh, turn to Luke chapter 1. We'll look at verses 26 through 38. It's a passage of scripture we would normally be reading around the 1st of December, but uh, you'll see that here in just a minute, and it's familiar to you. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Ladies, I know I just had you be seated, but would everybody stand, please, and let's, uh, let's read this passage of scripture. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern, discern what sort of greeting this might be. And so the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Just say the name Jesus right now, Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. That was John the Baptist, by the way. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Somebody say amen right there. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let me pray for us one more time. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to teach us and to help us. And to, and, uh, to give us the strength and the power to obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So there are different, in the word of God, there are different callings that you see people called by God to do different things you go Old Testament stuff you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 6 and Noah was called to build an ark you keep on going you go to Genesis chapter 22 and Abraham was called to be the father of the children of Israel and be the father of every person who will inherit eternal life uh, Moses was called burning bush that's when I was called to ministry in the as a junior in high school I, my pastor was preaching on Moses and the burning bush call in Exodus chapter 3, called to lead God's people out of Egypt. Uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, a little boy in the temple, and God's calling to him to, to, to be, uh, uh, to serve him. God calling Samuel, even as a little boy. So listen, that's another important reason for you to make sure that we'll talk about today, raising those kids, right? Because God speaks to those little youngins. And, and God called to Samuel, and finally Samuel said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Uh, 1 Samuel 3.10, that's a great way to respond to God when he is talking to you. Isaiah was called to be a great prophet of God, Isaiah chapter 6. And that's when God said in Isaiah chapter 6, who will go for us and whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Who's going to go tell these people what, what I'm saying? And that's when Isaiah said, here I, here I am, send me. That's another great way to respond to the Lord. Here I am, God, you send me. Uh, and then, you know, you keep on going to uh, New Testament, Paul Road to Damascus, bright light, called by God to follow Jesus and to, uh, to be saved, to come to know Jesus. You keep on going to Acts chapter 9, that, uh, in the latter part of Acts chapter 9, there's a guy named Ananias 
who uh, was called by God to go and to lay his hands on Paul, Saul, and set him apart to, to serve the Lord. And then you get to Luke chapter 1 and you see Mary called by God to be the earthly mother of Jesus. And so all of these callings, what do they all have in common? Well, number one, they're all distinctly from God. God called these people. I think about Jonah. I could have added Jonah in there. Jonah called by God. Jonah, go to the people of Nineveh and take my, go tell them to repent. And, you know, Jonah didn't at first, but then he finally did. But it's, it's distinctly from God. You know God's calling. That's what I pray that today you will know when God speaks to you today. Through me, through the songs that we've sung, in your heart, whatever, that you'll know, you'll distinctly hear God speak, and he still does that. And each one of these callings had a definite assignment. Noah, go build an ark. Moses, go get my people. Paul, go, go preach the gospel. A definite assignment. They also, these callings directly affected the course of these people's lives. Listen, y'all, when God calls you, it's going to change the direction of your life. When you say to the Lord, like Isaiah said, here am I, send me, Lord. Bro, that might mean a whole lot of things when you say that. Send me, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'll go, Lord, you just send me. That'll change the course of your life when you do that. But these callings, they also were, these people were completely dependent upon God to carry out these callings. Man, Mary couldn't do this on her own. She was a teenage girl. She was totally dependent upon God, the Holy Spirit, to come upon her, but then to give her the strength to carry this out and to be the mom of Jesus. She had to have the power of God to do that. And so these callings, you see, and obviously the application for this message today is that the calling to be a mom is a life-changing calling. It's a life-changing calling to be a mom. But all of these, no matter, so, so guys don't think that you can check out today, this is just going to be for mama. No, it's not. This is for all of us. Because we're all called to follow the Lord like this, and we're going to see that. And, and you know, sometimes we have this, this idealized, idealized image of motherhood. I talked about it a little bit earlier, kind of this storybook, fairy, fairy tale kind of picture of how motherhood is supposed to be, but it's just inaccurate. And, and, and I know you monitors say, you, you write about that. It's just inaccurate, and even the scriptures bear that out. You look at some of the moms, the mothers in scripture, you look at Ruth over in the Old Testament, she was left childless and widowed at a young age. You look at Rachel and Hannah and Sarah, all of them were infertile. The first mama in the Bible, Eve, and now the mother of Jesus, both of them had sons who would die under terrible, terrible circumstances. Uh, the prodigal son, even him, I know Jesus told that, uh, that, uh, that parable, and the son went to his father and said, I, I want my money, I want my inheritance, and I'm out of here. But you know there was a mama over there too that watched that son walk off. So these, it, it, we just, there's no one-size-fits-all journey for motherhood and for womanhood and things like that. And so for us to even say it, we just do a disservice if we try to paint it up like it's just always going to be this wonderful thing. It's not, and scriptures show us that. But there are some life-changing aspects. Listen, there are some life-changing aspects about Mary's calling that, that is true of all of us. These life-changing, it's obvious that this calling from God to, to Mary was a life-changing calling. And what you see, first of all, you see it, it was a life-changing encounter. 
a life-changing encounter. Those first verses, 26 through 28, not going to go back and read them again, but that's where, Mary, uh, where Gabriel showed up. And the angel Gabriel just showed up and said, Greetings, Mary. Man, that will change your life right there. I mean, a life-changing encounter. That, uh, and I think we can all agree that this was a unique encounter. There's not ever... Won't ever, there never was and won't ever be another woman who's going to have this specific encounter from God to go have to be the earthly mother of the Messiah. That it was unique to Mary. God chose her to carry out His sovereign plan for our redemption. I mean, you think about what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter seven, verse fourteen, when he said, "Behold, you will." You see, you will be given a sign. The virgin will uh, will give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And so that was seven hundred years before Jesus. For this encounter, Isaiah said there would be a virgin who would give birth to a son. And so God had already set this plan in place. So obviously, there would never be anybody else who would receive this specific calling. It was unique to Mary. Now, I want to say on a side note here, Mary was a normal teenage girl. She was, she was not some divine person that we pray to now. We don't pray to Mary. You don't pray through Mary. Mary doesn't have any exalted position in heaven. So she was a teenage girl that God chose and said, hey, you're favored, you're going to have... You're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. But her calling was a life-changing calling. Every calling from God is a life-changing calling. I mean, the first calling is the calling to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you've never given your life to Christ, you need to hear that calling today. As Jesus, as the Holy Spirit calls out to you today, for you to come into relationship with Jesus. So if you've never done that, whether you're a mom or dad, a son or daughter, whatever, come to Jesus today. Respond to that calling, the calling to salvation. So important. Give your life to Jesus today. Don't miss this opportunity today on this Mother's Day to give your heart to Christ. But then there's also this calling to follow Him in obedience. Because you know, when you, when you come to know Jesus, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not just so you won't go to hell. Now, if you don't accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will go to hell. But that's not, the only, that's not the only reason that you give your life to Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying to Him, I will live for you for the rest of my life. I will obey you for the rest of my life. And that changes everything. It's a life-changing encounter. I mean, you think about what Jesus said in Mark 8, 34. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Man, that means that you're going to listen to what the Amplified Version says. If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself. That means to set aside your selfish interest. Take up your cross. That means expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. And follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering and perhaps dying because of faith in me. That, that's life-changing right there. And so this is a life-changing encounter. And y'all, you ladies know, the calling to be a mom is a life-changing encounter. It changes your priorities. 
It changes your perspective on life. It changes your purpose for living. And I'll tell you what else it'll change. It'll change your prayer life. Can I get an amen from some ladies in the room? It'll change your prayer life. There's a bunch of y'all sitting here today because you got a godly mama that prayed you to this point today. And God was listening to her as she called out for you as you were act, out there acting like a stark raving idiot living you know as far away from the Lord and your mama was on her knees every night no she didn't sleep because she was praying for you because you were that prodigal you were the one that was out there in that far country and she was praying God let him come to his senses let her come to her senses let him come to their senses and come back to you you're sitting here today because the encounter that your mama had her prayer life changed and she started praying and praying and praying you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish it'll be done for you you see so this is this life changing changing encounter so you see it's not just for moms it's for all of us but certainly your moms understand this important encounter that you got to have with jesus and secondly gabriel shared a life-changing truth with mary verses 31 through 33 he said look this baby that you're going to have he's going to be the son of god he's going to be the son his name is going to be jesus his name is going to be Jesus. He's going to be the Son of the Most High God. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. Charles Spurgeon said about that, he said, is, not, is it not proven that he is great? Conquerors are great, but he's the greatest of them. Deliverers are great, but he's the greatest of them. Liberators are great, but he's the greatest of them. Saviors are great, but he's the greatest of them. I mean, this is the truth. Jesus is going to be born to you. Now, the name Jesus was very common. Like John is common in our day and age, Jesus was a very common name. So I think there's something to be said for the Savior of the world having a very common name to identify with all of us. But the name Jesus means, you know what it means? His name means the Lord is salvation. So this one who would be born to you, Mary, is going to be the one who brings salvation. He's going to be great. He's going to be the son of the most high God. His kingdom is never going to end. So y'all, listen, that's a life-changing truth. Because this baby that would be born to her would grow up to one day be the man who would stand up and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except they come through me. He would be the man who would stand to say, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He would be the man who would stand up and say, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you as well he would be the man who would say love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbors you love yourself he would be the man who would stand up and say for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life that's life changing truth right there so mama let me talk to you for just a second The life-changing truth of who Jesus is and what he has done and what he will do must be the driving force behind you being a mother. I know you want them to make good grades. That's important. But not, it doesn't compare to them knowing who Jesus is. I know you want them to excel on the ball field and on the athletic court. Or I want, they want, you want them to get big scholarships and that's all wonderful and great. And I, and I, but it does not compare to them knowing who Jesus is. I know you want them to, uh, to, 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 to be a cheerleader or you want him to be a star athlete. What if it doesn't compare to them knowing who Jesus is, which means, Mama, that you have to know who Jesus is. And you better know about him 
Because I'm telling you, you better be leading them to Jesus. Leading them to faith in Christ. Now, I know you can't do that for them. You can't force them. I understand that. But listen, Daddy, this is for you, you too. You're, the way you live your life, because if anybody's watching you, it's your son and daughter. And the way that you are living your life speaks volumes to them about how important Jesus is to you. Or it speaks volumes to them about how unimportant Jesus is to you. This life-changing truth of who Jesus is, he's, his name is Jesus. He's going to be great. He's the Son of the Most High God. That's the life-changing truth that your kids need to know. And they need to know it from you. You know why? John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. George Whitfield was a great evangelist in the 18th century. There was a guy named D.L. Moody that said this. He said, John Wesley's mother did a great job when she led her boy to Christ. George Whitfield's mother did a great work when she led her son to Christ. So you train that boy of yours for eternity because God may use him to turn thousands or ten thousands of people to Christ. Your son, your daughter may be used by God to bring thousands upon thousands of people to faith in Christ. So they need to see and know the truth of who Jesus is through you. Because it's a life-changing truth. And then the last thing that we see is we see Mary making this life-changing commitment. She made this life-changing commitment. Listen, y'all, it wasn't going to be easy for her. She was going to face all kinds of challenges. She was going to face all kinds of heartache. You think about what she went through. She would be ridiculed by other people. She, she was going to, uh, her, her fiancé, Joseph, would come close to leaving her. Now, he didn't. We know that. We know that God showed up in the dream through the angel to Joseph, let him know, hey, look, it's okay that Mary's pregnant. Don't worry about that. She didn't step out on you. That's everything's cool. You just need to know. Keep her. Take care of her. Marry her. And, do. and so he didn't. But she didn't know that right then. The son that she would give birth to would one day be arrested and ridiculed and suffer and She'd watch him be crucified on a cruel Roman cross. Eight days after he was born, they took Jesus to the temple. There was an old man named Simeon there, been waiting his whole life to see the Messiah. And all of a sudden, Mary walks in with Jesus, and Simeon goes, that's him, that's him, let me have that baby, that's him. And so he sang the praises of this baby, and then he looked at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and said, one day a sword is going to pierce your soul. And certainly that sword pierced her soul when she saw her son say, it is finished. And gave his life up. But you know what? The way she was able to do that is because at the end of this encounter that she had with Gabriel, when God said, nothing will be impossible. <laughs> and when Gabriel said, nothing's going to be impossible with God. Man, mama, you might want to just write that. That might be the only note you need to take today. Nothing will be impossible with God. But the last thing that Mary said after Gabriel finished, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. I'm the Lord's servant. 
May it be to me as you have said. In other words, what Mary said. She said, I am a servant of God. The Greek word is doule. That means a female servant of God. The Greek word doulos is a male servant. It's someone who's given their life in service to somebody else. Somebody that's going to follow somebody else for the rest of their life. And Mary said, that's who I am. And God, I will do whatever you tell me to do. May it be to me, I will do what you have said I am supposed to do. That's a life-changing commitment right there. And that's the commitment that every one of us have to make. That's the commitment I'm calling you, and I pray that the Holy Spirit is calling you through me today to make. Mom or dad, male or female, young or old, you will say, like Mary said, I am the servant of God. Because listen, y'all, let me tell you something. Listen. If you, if you are sitting here today and you have given your life to Christ, you may not have said those words to God, I'm the Lord's servant, may it be to me. You may have not have said, in fact, you probably didn't say those exact words that Mary said, but that's what you said. When you prayed to receive Christ, you were saying, God, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Whatever you say do, that's what I will do, Lord. That's what you said. Now, you may not be living that out right now. But that is the commitment that we made to the Lord. God, I'll be your servant. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you, I will, whatever you say, Lord, that's what I will do. So this morning during the invitation, here's what I'd like to offer to you today. Since it is Mother's Day, and this sermon has kind of been pointed more toward the ladies in the room because of this day. I'm going to ask the ladies that I've asked to help during the invitation just to stand up and just move to a place in the room. Gina, Laura, Vicki, Stacy, Kim. So you see these ladies standing around. Y'all know most of them, and you know that they love the Lord, and they're not special other than they just they love the Lord, and and so I'm just, I wanted them to be available on this day, on Mother's Day, in case there's some moms or some ladies here today that you want to talk to somebody that's in your shoes, that understands more than I do of what it's like to go through what you're going through or what you need as a woman, as a girl, as a mom or a mom-to-be or somebody that wants to be a mom but you can't get pregnant and you just want to go talk to somebody and cry with somebody and pray with somebody and you just don't want to do that with me, I understand. I'm cool with that. If you want to, I mean, I'd be honored to pray with you. You know that. I love praying with you. But if you'd feel better going to talk to one of these ladies or grabbing somebody else on this day, on this Mother's Day, I wanted you to know, I wanted you to have this op option to you today. Try to be a little bit more... I'm sensitive to you as you think about some of the things that you think about as a mom, as a woman, and things like that. So these ladies are available to you in this invitation. You need to go talk with one of them, just pray with one of them. If you need to make a decision, you want to join the church, or, uh, you know, if you want to come talk to me, I mean, I'd be honored to talk to you, whatever, male or female, if you need to make some other decision. But these ladies are available to you during this invitation. In just a moment, when we stand and sing, you can go and pray with them or come pray with me. And, but there it is, y'all, life-changing commitment. Are you ready to make that kind of commitment today? Lord, I'm your servant. I'll do I'll, whatever you say, God, that's what I will do. You ready to make that kind of commitment today? Come on. Do it for him. Do it for his glory. Let's pray together. Father, will you help us today?
to do what you've called us to do, Lord. God, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the calling that you placed on our life, Lord. So help us today, Father, to respond to you, male or female, uh, father, mother, son, daughter, whatever. Lord, help us to respond to you as your Spirit speaks to us right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.